Hello, it's Sadie Gustafson Zook, the host of the Dear Balladeer podcast, the podcast where we find the perfect song for your predicament. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Connor Garvey, a musician and community creative adventurous guy from Portland, Maine. And me and Connor tackle a question from a, a listener who is dealing with self-sabotage. Um, in their context, it's a relationship situation. Me and Connor's conversation kind of goes around around relationships and also around career professional things i think we went beyond um the specific parameters of which the letter writer maybe was asking about but we had a great conversation and i had a great time so i hope you enjoy connor garvey welcome to dear balladeer podcast thanks so much Sadie. <laughs> um can you remind me and the listeners where you are located right mm. now these days? Yes. So I live in Portland, Maine, um, and I'm currently sitting at my dining room table and enjoying being home on this great Thursday morning, noon, Thursday, today. Yeah. So not when people will be listening to it unless they listen to it on a Thursday at noon. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I don't know what the percentage chance of that is but it's pretty good i feel like thursday's a good it's a good listening day huh yeah um <laughs> and when did we meet each other is a question i have um my interpretation is that we crossed paths numerous times like many many years ago um I think at, at Passim. Okay. Um, but I don't feel like I have a grounding of like relationship development really until re- more recently at like the most, most memorably I feel last like is, is last summer at the Rocky Mountain Folks Fest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where I feel like it went from pleasantries to like awesome, cool charity experience. Yeah. Yeah. We hung out once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was in a sweet um, van and a great song yeah. circle. <laughs> it was a good vibe. It was a great vibe. Um, I also, I went to the rock, the song school in a number of years ago. And I think that maybe you were teaching there like mm-hmm. 2015 or 16 or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, I think that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> Cool. I was well, probably all anyway. like wrapped up in my own like making sure I was ready for my next my next session. Just like you know, um, imposter syndrome being a <laughs> being on the instructing team there and just being one hundred percent focused on making sure I didn't flop. Yeah, I mean, no pressure to remember every person who goes to any camp that you attend. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. So, can we start with just some introductory questions about you and yeah identity stuff Mm, yes um what identities are important to you whoa going diving in um why not (laughs) what identities are important to me um I'm, I would be super, I'm really glad that I haven't heard other, too many other exact answers to this question. What comes to me right now, um, 
first and foremost is I identify um, significantly as a um, as a living being on earth <laughs> and why that is really like it's so all-encompassing but I feel like it, it it does actually like dive into so much of like my orientation to adventure and connection and um, where I where I want my energy to be going um, so um, while that's a cop-out of an answer in some ways I, I do feel like it, it highlights the lens at which I look I look at things um, and I I want to be connected to the life force that's around us. So um, I would start there um, and then getting like more and more granular, I identify as a New Englander, as a great Northeaster, as a Mainer, as a Portlander, um, the zooming in. Um, and in, I identify as a, as a songwriter and a musician, um, though I feel much more confident um, in my conversations around songwriting than I do around musicianship. Um, and I also identify as a um, facilitator of the human experience. So I work um, with organizations and teams and camps and school groups and, and do a lot of work with um, helping gatherings of people be as productive as they can with each other and supportive. And so, um, and an adventurer, oh my gosh, I could take the whole hour. Is that, is that it. like high ropes course kind of vibe? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a, a base, a basis in the high ropes coming from adventure trip leading and I've done a bunch of high ropes, uh, facilitation as well. Um, and I do find myself in those settings with some regularity, but, um, more and more using kind of the. Di different access points to the feeling of risk. Um, I think that early early 90s, 2000s ropes course were cutting edge in a lot of ways about inviting people into this um, this place where nobody really had this this experience base, and so we could like collectively arrive to risk um, and support in a in a really authentic way. Um, I think the edge for ropes course facilitation is still powerful, but I feel like it is a slightly diluted from where it used to be. So trying to explore how to utilize um, uh, intentional risk, which interestingly, and in kind of going back to like where I said, like I'm, I'm reluctant to call myself a musician as much as a songwriter. I feel like music is like a really powerful edge to navigate with people often. I think a lot of people start to get really nervous um, who aren't <laughs> musicians um, utilizing music as a way of connecting to people. So that can be a fun, a fun edge. It's kind of like a ropes course. Interesting. And so for people who don't, who haven't heard of high ropes or ropes course, like I have worked at camp, so I kind of yeah. have <laughs> some, some cultural context for that. But can you just say really quick, like what, because these are all very like broad ideas. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe a an early access point to that would be taking um, an intact team or a new formed team um, and bringing them into a situation where they literally and metaphorically need to develop a system of support and connection. So in a ropes course setting, it would be um, providing a person a chance to climb off the ground um, often up onto elements of logs and ropes and things that would bring more challenge into it while your team 
supports that person emotionally but also physically from the ground um, so that it's an active and engaged team which I differentiate that from just like a climbing gym or a um, like an amusement park ropes course setting where that's um, heavily focused on uh, like recreation amusement and personal journey um, and I work more with how do we use that as a place to explore um, what it feels like to risk within the presence of a team and within the presence of others and how we can um, be there to support and to encourage. So that would be on like the ropes course side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then how, how does that work into music as you're like leading? Like, yes, uh, mm -hmm. I get that like element of risk just in like being vulnerable and being maybe performing and being in front of people. Um, but when you're leading a workshop and stuff, how does mm -hmm. that tangibly wiggle its way into what you're talking to folks about um they connect wonderfully um schedule wise they're they simpatico because it's always ropes course day music at night so those things <laughs> those actually work really well um but yeah broadening beyond ropes course but into the facilitation realm a lot of what we're trying to do is create momentary moments of um of of like connection and um, what's the word that I'm searching for? Like just like intimate and sacred space um, where we can immerse in conversation and topics that help us to arrive back to our lives with more intention and more, um, uh, more things that bring value to our life. So I think that's my orientation to songwriting as well is I want my, the, the experiences that I have the songs that I write and the shows that I perform and things connected to that, um, I want those to be access points into um, living deeper into life and connecting deeper to what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, and I would put that in opposition to like escapism. Like I, um, I think there's a beautiful space for that in the, in the musical world too of like, I wanna give somebody something so they can just escape from the, the life that they're living for an hour you know, and, and be able to just plug in and listen to this and just drift away. Um, I'm more, I'm more motivated towards trying to use song and experience to help, um, deepen the conversation of how to live, uh, powerfully. So that's where mm -hmm. I feel like they overlap. And then in like even more, um, uh, granular ways, like they're both like extremely focused on metaphor and how do we use metaphor as a way to, um, add value to the way that we're thinking about things and both of them put me in front of people where I have to have some level of performative prowess <laughs> um, so I, I do appreciate how they support each other like I can go uh, months without a show and if I've had a few facilitating moments I still feel sharp because I feel like I'm I'm exposed I'm on the sharp end of um, being in front of people so I don't my dog disagrees. He's <laughs> <laughs> like baloney. Um, but yeah, I I I, uh, I rarely feel out of form of being in front of people. Hmm. Yeah, I feel similarly about my music in terms of like that. It's I w I was thinking about how the other day I was like taking a bath and I was doing something. So oh, I was reading in the bath and I was like wanting to listen to music, but I started listening to a, Ka a Kathleen Edwards mm -hmm. album and I just could not read and listen to that at the same time because I was like yeah. too focused on 
like I, my mind was wandering because she was like, you know, eliciting emotions or story. Like she's telling stories and she's like asking the listener to be really present with the music. Yeah. Um, and so I had to listen to something else that was like lo-fi beats or yep. just like something that was just like not, um, not asking for my attention in the same way. Yeah. And I would imagine people have a very similar reaction to listening to your music. Right. I, I don't think many right. people are putting it on to just like zone out. And if they are, that's fine. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Right. Who am I to, who am I to project? Maybe people <laughs> operate on really high levels. Right. <laughs> Does, uh, did the summer camp experiences of your, of your journey influence how you arrived to song or song experiences or? Um, that's a really interesting question. I think like, maybe I like I was a counselor at like three or four different camps in high school and college and I really loved like intentional community and like being on a team and um I wasn't doing specifically high ropes courses but just having Mm -hmm. that vibe around and having everybody like you know working towards a common goal like I really liked that um and And these were like Christian camps where I was like leading music Mm -hmm. for worship kind of things too. And so the music, like I wasn't really songwriting at that point. Um, And it's been interesting to since then have other camp experiences that are not religious Mm -hmm. exactly, Mm -hmm. not not Christian, um, and that are more focused on music to kind of be like making the bridge between like those that feeling of being so grounded in community um and having it be just around something else um something else holding people together um, yeah in common interest um but i do think that well what uh, yeah just something about being work like working together with people like that that I like it when that influences my music too Mm -hmm. um I think right now a lot of my musicianness a lot of my music is really like isolated and like I'm doing it on my own and Mm. I'm like still connected to other people but I'm not like collaborating with people that much which I think is sad and I like want to do that more and when I've been in places where I'm like really in a hub mm-hmm. um i do get a similar energy around like we're all doing music together like in a similar way as the camp mentality yeah and especially like like i'm gonna go to kerrville next week and last week or last year when i went to kerrville i came back and was like that feeling of just Mm -hmm. like the most important thing is just like human connection and like vulnerability and sharing and feeling like grounded, like I'm living in a tent and I love it and Mm -hmm. I don't need to even live in a house anymore. And then I moved into my car for the summer. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, so that definitely like in terms of just having me narrow down what my priorities are Mm -hmm. helps to be like, okay, Things, less important. (laughs) People, very important. Mm -hmm. 
yeah yeah i think kerrville is a good reset place for that <clears throat> where uh things wash away in a storm <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes literally yeah yeah funny um can i ask you some other unrelated questions uh yeah although i'm I'm do you willing, want or do you want I'm, to I'm willing to bet that they uh, that they are, are related. That they are related, but, <laughs> but who am I? Surprise um, me, Sadie. Surprise. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all questions for you, so they're all related. You're right. Um, what did you want to be when you were a child? When you grew up? What did you want to be when you grew up? Mm. Um. Well. I, it's, it's interesting to try to figure out like how far to roll, roll it back. Um, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I wanted to be an outdoor educator and songwriter. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I've stayed pretty much on brand since, since sophomore year in high school. So that's all kind of worked out. Um, and you know, prior to that, I mean, I do, there were, there's been a lot of different waves of time of when I wanted to be connected to, um, education and wanted to be a teacher. Um, I think there were playful, well, no, I don't want to diminish them. There were years that I wanted to be like a soccer player, you know, a Mm -hmm. professional soccer player. And, um, that gave me the, the energy to, to become fully obsessed with it in my, my early years. Um, and I, 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 I'm very heavily influenced by role models, and I've had some really awesome role models in my life of my parents and near my parents' friends and um, teachers, and um, so I, I see role models that are navigating the world in a way that um, feels like it brings joy to them and others, and that's what I latched on to pretty early, and um, yeah, so I've, I've kind of stayed kind of on on that track for uh for as unintentional uh, as my life seems <laughs> most often <laughs> the amount of times that i'm like i'm just this wayward soul just <laughs> drifting through the roads of america um i've actually kind of been on that track f- for a long time so <laughs> <laughs> so part of me wonders if i like should like just you know go back to school and try being an engineer for a little bit or something like I really do like technical things too. And my, my, so I'm almost, I'm nearly 40. Um, and over the last few years I've given my, like given myself new like professional aspirations of like being like a finished carpenter. Mm. And so I've been weaving that in some, and, uh, that was unknown to me when I was a kid. So it's kind of like a fun learning it. Like I'm learning something as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up for the rest of your life? Yeah, exactly. As you continue growing up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I certainly don't want to be belaying people the rest of my life. But <laughs> I don't know, actually. I, I might take that back. I mean, I feel like Maine seems like a great place to become a carpenter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as like I don't like... <laughs> Getting into self-sabotaging as long as I don't spend too much time comparing myself to others because there are some just fantastic, fantastic carpenters and boat builders and, you know, people that work the land and 
the tools. And so I think it's, it can be a really great place to learn. And uh, this, I, I will uh, undoubtedly get in my own way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> um, I think like a musician. I don't think that I had anything too specific. For a while, I was like really into musical theater. So like I'm thinking like in high school when I was like, where should I go to college? What should I study? Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, oh, I should study theater and like become really a, make it like really, really make it. Um, one time I wanted to be a school nurse, I think mm. when I was really little, but then I was like, they only deal with vomiting children. And actually, I don't like vomit that much. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have amazing schedules. But other than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like the element of like helping people. Yeah in a really tangible way when contrasted with music at that point, I was like, wow, music seems so like selfish, even though mm, mm-hmm. there are plenty of ways that it is not. And Oh yeah. That's, you know, a whole conversation. Oh yeah. That's um, uh, that's balladier episode 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, there are also times when I like want to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. I think that that would, be fun and that like a lot of the energy that I get from songwriting and talking to people about songwriting and having people be like telling me their stories and things like that that I think would be similar if that doesn't drain me I feel like that could be fun yep um and I don't know it could pay a little bit more than being a musician hypothetically hypothetically yeah but then i'd have to get another master's degree so we'll see carry some significant liability insurance yeah oh god i didn't even think about that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so well look at you go things like that just connected to your childhood dream too it's great yeah and I, did, and I made an advice podcast so I don't have to become a therapist. <laughs> Perfect. Passive <So>. therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Not to diminish therapy. Therapy's great. Um, what is... Well, okay, you already talked about that kind of... Well, I'll ask again. Do you have other creative pursuits other than music that you enjoy? And I guess I'm guessing that you do, but creativity, like can be a broad thing too. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I am drawn in by this, by creativity as a, as a worthy goal. Um, so I love woodworking and, um, yeah, working with tangible things when I'm not working in on a song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, um, have confidence to say that I have any other competence in any other like mm-hmm. artistic realm, like, paint, drawing, sculpture, none of that. Um, um, but, but, but maybe even taking that, that, the answer to that question one layer further out, um, I'm always, um, inspired and interested in creativity. I just think creativity is this magical force and this, um, I even just was, um, 
I just developed a like a 90 minute module for a, a conference uh, like a month or two ago that was entirely about creativity. And uh, I was so audacious as to name the module creativity colon the strongest force on earth question mark. And I sent it in and I was like, what a dumb title. Um, but then I like I really wrestled with it and I stuck to it. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving it. I, I actually kind of like that. You know, it's it's very safe to just put a question mark because then you're not committing to right, it. Right. My whole my whole <laughs> life, my, my my high school band, we literally put a question mark in the name of our band so that we didn't have to commit to something. Um, <laughs> but but creativity. I mean, I just I'm so interested in innovation and creativity and the and inspiration and the muse and so I find it best through songwriting, but. Or facilitation. I mean, I really like creating interesting experiences and engaging things for five people to 500 people. I like trying to figure that all out. Mm. That's that. I mean, those seem like really good compliments, like working with people and have like having the personal like wherewithal to have the insights and go through the self digging work to like create something intangible yeah. and then also working with people to be like and here are my findings yeah right <laughs> totally totally yeah and then when you're like a source maybe i'll call it a sourceist. like when i'm into the source of creativity then i go and listen to like liz gilbert and brene brown and adam grant and you know <laughs> you're like all these people that are talking like meta level meta level creativity stuff you're like how can you not be just totally jazzed by all of this stuff it's awesome <laughs> i love it it's when I get really granular and really detailed is that when it starts to get exhausting. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that that's where you get more into like tearing apart your ideas in your head and yeah. the like anxiety spiral perhaps. Totally. Mm -hmm. Anxiety spiral. Yeah. <laughs> Hey there, dear Balladeer listeners. Do you have any extended family drama that is making your life difficult? Do you have any niche community things going on that you would really love to talk about with a community that is not that community? Well, this is your perfect invitation to write into the Dear Balladeer podcast. We have a anonymous form submission form on our Instagram page. We welcome submissions. We get to, we've answered a lot of the submissions that we've received. So wink, wink, that means we could answer yours too. If you need a little nudge, consider yourself nudged. Well, this might be a good segue into the question for this week, um, which is about self-sabotage. Yeah. Um, so why don't we listen to your song yep. and then after that we can address the question from our letter writer okay so this is the man i want to be by connor garvey
I've turned away a thousand times I've hidden in a thousand rhymes I've been the reason that you cried I've been the shadow to your light I've pulled the covers to my side And I've placed the burden of my pride I've been the low to your eye And I've been the dust in your eye been the cloud in your sky I've been the half-hearted try I've been emotionally trite and I've been the unexpected fight I've made the space between us wide and I've made a few sleepless nights I've held back the reason why I've been a receding tide and you you see a man you wanna see that's the man I wanna be. Somewhere you see what you need most. You see the ways to your coast. See your Patrick's Swayze ghost and see an anniversary toast. You see the forest for the trees and see a better side of me. See below the stormy sea and you manifest what you believe I must confess you won the fight between your arms and my appetite for a never-ending life in flight and a different pillow every night you see the coming of better weather see a better life together keep your fears tied and tethered keep your hope adorned with heather you the man I wanna be you see you're the reason I'm not alone you're the reason that I rush home you're the reason that my heart explodes when I put these words to notes I see a mother to my daughters see a reason to be a father see a life adventure partner world's a desert you're my water and if sometimes you don't believe in all the beauty that I see and the depths of my need for to feel your divinity well Eye to eye, we made a vow, and I feel it even stronger now. I'll sing it loud, I'll sing it proud, I'll sing away the clouds of doubt in you. You'll see a man you wanna see. That's the man I wanna be. Okay, I'm going to read the question now. Dear Valadier, 
I self-sabotaged a relationship with someone who would actually be good for me because I felt unsure and the seriousness scared me. Now she's with someone else. We aren't as good of friends anymore now either. I want to keep getting to know her as a friend, but she's shying away. How do we recover from this? So I'm curious. I think that there may be a few different angles of self-sabotage at play between the song and this question. Um, But I bet that there is some overlapping sensibilities and things that you know, can apply to both. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rich. Can I can I roll back the entrance to this? When you initially put the like the the ask out about this, um, that whole quote wasn't in that. There was it. Was it? It was. It was I like the spirit, was. or maybe I missed it and I over. I might have. I might have reacted. Um, this is all good. This is all rich. This isn't. This is. This isn't a deer in headlights. This is a authentic arrival to answering that on the fly because um, I think maybe I had the spirit of what the question was, and maybe I was just already so fast into like, oh my god, I know so much about self sabotage <laughs> that I don't even need to. I don't even need to move on. Um, but as I'm hearing the question fresh. Right now, um, uh, one, I empathize and sympathize in, uh, with the asker. Um, and I also, like, I feel guilty almost sharing that song because I feel like I have so many experiences earlier on in my trajectory where um, I could have written that same question, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like I've, I've gotten in my, my own way um, – and now it's like created this situation that not only is it undesirable, it's less impactful than I would like it to be, right? Like, not that I just wanted a different outcome. It's just like now like this thing has, doesn't have the same like maybe importance that it could have had if I, if I hadn't gotten in my own way. So um, because in the song that we just listened to, The Man I Want to Be, um, it ends up being... For me, I feel like one of the few songs that is very personal that I have that speaks to like overcoming or or not overcoming self-sabotage, but coming to the other end, um, maybe because of having faith in somebody else um, and kind of the, the literal idea of getting out of my own way was to recognize that um, somebody else was actively willing me to get out of my own way. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, that's the energy that I tapped into when I was writing the song of um, how often self-sabotage when it's, it might be self-preserving or it might be um, out of a place of um, confidence being knocked or out of whack, but how often it ends up like creating a cycle, um, that's its own version of narcissistic. And it's, and, um, and that's a really difficult thing to, to arrive to. But I think 
what I was what I was realizing in the relation the romantic relationship referenced in this song for the creation of this um, was seeing that by obsessing over my own inability to get it right um, that I was weakening um, not only weakening the chances of ever getting it right but I was weakening myself um, which is probably really a very easy thing to say with with self-sabotage um but if i take it at like a layer a layer out of that of the relationship that led to this song and maybe just some of my more universal um experiences i've and maybe this is getting back to i sent you two songs and i'm going to talk to about the other one um <laughs> so people can dig into the deep catalog of comic gravity music um but I, I feel like I do have a song that speaks to my relationship with like the music world and the muse and uh, my connection to um, kind, of, kind of the source of um, the source of my self-sabotaging does really reflect that, that um, I'm grappling for words because I want them to be impactful and I'll, and so I'm self-sabotaging this <laughs> damn moment. Um, I, I guess we're, what I'm trying to articulate, and we can, and then I'll, I'll rest, and then you can clarify, and it'll be better, um, <laughs> is that within, within the relationship that doesn't provide immediate feedback in the same way that the one-on-one personal relationship I was gifted by getting feedback and being able to perceive, but in a situation where I'm less likely to receive authentic, um, uh, focused feedback in my direction, then I filter feedback in, in a way that supports the self-sabotaging mm-hmm. rather than supporting um, growth or development. So in I think that's why those two songs go pretty well together is in The Man I Wanna Be, that we just listened to, I would never get out of that self-sabotaging cycle of the first verse if it wasn't for the the investment and the feedback directly given by the other person involved. And and when it becomes less personalized and into like more of like this amorphous thing that I'm self-sabotaging myself within, um, feedback is 100% or not 100, it is largely open to interpretation and the own filter that I look at it through. And so it continues the like the anxiety spiral that you mentioned, or just like this, um, just the negative feedback cycle of it all. I'll pause there. How's mm-hmm. that sounding as a first wave of 15,000 words of re- reaction? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... I you sent me both those mm-hmm. songs and the other one, uh, the year song. What's the another title? another end of a year? Yeah, um, and so even though you were deer in the headlights, I did choose this song with mm-hmm. the knowledge that like this is not written from the same point exactly as yeah. the person who's writing the question, and perhaps like this could just be like oh they're offering hope to be mm-hmm. like there could be a situation in which like your self-sabotageorial tendencies like don't sabotage your life you know or like someone else can help yeah um 
I guess one thing that I thought was interesting about this song is like that it is kind of coming from a point of you feeling like you need to change something mm-hmm. about yourself to make it to make maybe this relationship or whatever work um and I was curious like in in this song maybe in life like how do you know what parts of you are like innate factors that are just like things about you that you're not going to change or that are like you know integral parts of who you are and what are things that are like um you know bendable like in the song you talk about like wanting to be kind of on the road and like you know traveling around a lot and and I was wondering what kind of like how you balance being still true to those parts of yourself Mm -hmm. and also taking under consideration other aspects of your life like oh I have kids now or like oh I like have someone I want to spend a lot of time with and I want to like actually be at home or things like that and I know that that's not exactly what I I, it's all tied together yeah no it is um and I was also multitasking as I tend to do and I I did pull up the email and 100% you had sent that in the the full (laughs) thing. So just for the fact checkers out there um, and the line that I hadn't connected to when I first read it, that jumped out at me this time was like the, and now she's with somebody else. Like that line, Mm -hmm. I was like, why did I, why was I such an asshole as to send the man I want to be, which is like my most pointed love song. Why did I do that? What a jerk. (laughs) Um, But um, back to uh, this, this question of um, the, the balancing out of, uh, what I was hearing in the way that you were asking that, and feel free to stop me before I go off too far, was like, how do I balance um, what's true to who I am with um, uh, that that might be maybe even some of the positive sides that create the sabotage? Mm-hmm. Um, and within this relationship, how do I balance that with what's true to me and... Um, what's going to work for the others. Um, the um, I think I, I, I will come back to this probably many, many times in my life and then through song um, is trying to find the people and and experiences that I can truly trust have the best intentions. Um, so once again, getting out of my own way and putting some of this on, like honoring the other person involved in this relationship, being like they are also navigating their own reality with their own confidence and their own self-sabotaging and they're doing the best that they can. And I'm also doing the best that I can. And if those end up like linking up and moving forward, um, that's great. And if it feels like it's a little out of whack, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's my fault. Um, 
And so I think blame and self-blame have been something that I've had to try to figure out. Um, and to like the specific nature of writing this song, this was written during a period of time where I felt like um, I was really focused and committed to not not necessarily changing who I was, but growing into what who I needed to be to maintain what I what I was committing to. And so I wrote this um, when I was on a cargo ship in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean, sailing away from my my wife who was pregnant with our soon to be first born child. And so I was heading <laughs> off. I was in the middle of nowhere on a boat with eight Russians and myself. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I on this trip right now? Um, when I feel like this is another moment of me just being like, yeah, I'll go anywhere. I'll put my head on any pillow. You know, like that, that, that idea when I really wanted to be kind of restructuring and recommitting to um, a different path. And so when I was really grappling with that and wrestling with that, and we can share some more of those stories, but I'll, I'll sum this one up. Um, I got to a place where I was like, I am going to be fully committed to this thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be this, this dad, this husband, this, um, you know, like home front guy. Um, and that, I think there was a lot of a lot in there that feels like it was really positive, but it also um, it was a pen like a bit of a pendulum swing too, where it un it unearthed some uh, best intention but other self sabotaging things that came out. Whereas like I want I want to be this, um, but I now I also feel like I've lost this part of who I am, um, mm -hmm. and so trying to find the ever continual process of trying to find that balance point. Um, but being really open to this, the idea that um, what it is today doesn't necessarily have to look like what it looked like a year ago. And it might look different a year from now again, um, but trying to stay true to the moment of, or like the general now um, of what's important. Whoa, that was, yeah not particularly concise. <laughs> no, but very interesting. <laughs> and I think that that's like, I mean, that's a very exciting story, origin story for this song. Yeah. Like, what could be more dramatic? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were saying the pendulum swinging, the, the self, well, I'm not sure. I'm, pendulum swinging self-sabotaging in a different direction mm -hmm. about the parts of you that you were leaving mm -hmm. behind in this new kind of more domestic maybe life mm -hmm. what what are those self-sabotage patterns um like what was the um what was i leaving behind to be able to be more focused on like establishing root um, no, like you were saying that, um, that you, that it, un, that, that new domestic life kind of unearthed other self-sabotage. Oh yeah. I mean, um, 
I think that it was this this place of feeling like I was giving up on the ability to be progressing as a musician to be able to um, like continue to establish um, valid, authentic place of belonging within our music community. Like probably even more important to me than like, did I get 200 people in seats in that venue or two? Um, that, that is important to me in the moment, but in the larger scale, it's like, do I feel like I belong? Um, and I was starting to, I felt like I was, I was not letting myself feel like I belong in our music community in the same way because I wasn't hammering out 100 nights in my car anymore <laughs> and, you know, or, you know, yeah. uh, these things that were important to me at, at a certain stage and still are in some ways, but I, um, I was self-sabotaging my ability to feel like I was a productive member of our community. Uh -huh. um, and so I think what I, what I both needed to get back into balance was re-engaging <laughs> and like not just looking at things from the sidelines anymore. Mm -hmm. So like actually being active, but also some like pretty significant self-work um, to honor that like, what I'm doing and how I'm doing it now is what I'm able to do right now by while maintaining like other other aspects of my life that are important mm -hmm. to me. And again, mentors, mentors and role models can be like such an interesting um, part of this. And I had like right as all of this stuff was going on in my mind, I was like, I was on this tour with this awesome artist. I don't feel like it would be uncomfortable to share their name but I but I'm gonna choose not to but like the the idea was that I was like traveling as their supporting act as they were doing their like goodbye tour um and I've done that a couple times I was like is that my niche am I like the goodbye, <laughs> the goodbye tour guy. opener guy <laughs> um and you know and I think part of like the storyline is like you know it's like this passing on of a torch that might be able to be possible but the stories that I was hearing from numerous times that I've done this are like people that are 20 years into the business or like 10 years beyond what I've been in. Um, you know, they're like, oh, I've just, I feel like I've missed so much on the home front. And, and, you know, I've given up my ability to be connected to X, Y, and Z because I'm chasing this, this other thing. Um, and that's gotta be a, that's a balance point that everybody's got to go in their own type yeah. of way. Like, what are you giving up to to keep what you have? Um, but it was one, I just was like numerous ones, uh, experiences like this. I was like, I don't want to get to that point where I'm having these types of reflections. Mm -hmm. And so I just slashed and burned the whole thing. And I was like, I'm done. And then the pandemic hit and that just made it even easier to just be like, well, right. Like, <laughs> like, well, I'm not like, I don't know. Anyways. So, um, that, that, that kind of got me to this place where I was, I, I'm still coming into that realm of like how do I, how do I fold back in meaningfully while not, well not pushing or stressing, the situation that I have on the on the home front right now, which is really precious and really, while it feels like it's gonna take the rest of my life, it really won't. Like my like kids, I have a five and a two year old, and 
like already it's just flying by and I'm like great maybe once they're off in high school and college it's going to be easier to like be gone longer but and then I'm like well then I'm not going to be like you know young anymore (laughs) (laughs) and I kind of like hate the youth obsession of of the music industry anyways so I'm like well good like I'm just like sometimes I hate that I look young um anyways that's a whole different thing anyways yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that is, like, it, I feel like we're taking this in the direction that I was just interested in talking about instead of actually talking about their question, uh, but just, like, <laughs> the, like, balance of, yeah, um, yeah, maybe that's why I was intrigued by your song. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think to honor their question, I do think it's an entrance point into, a much broader conversation where when we wrestle with, yeah, when we wrestle with any of these balance points, it's like the self-sabotage is one aspect of it. And another aspect of it is just um, like independence, right? Like if we're getting in our own way or we're just charting our own way, like it's going to cause some of these similar um, experiences to happen because it's a it's a realm of, of um, personal experience that another person might not be as connected to right yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was thinking is like yeah the aspect of like being unsure about things that is a similarity point between (laughs) that like for them they're feeling unsure and the degree of seriousness Mm -hmm. is the part that scared them initially and led to the self-sabotage and i think uh, being unsure you know very Mm -hmm. relatable and the degree of seriousness like in both of the things you're talking about, it's like the degree of seriousness of being at home and that's very serious to like, it's a serious identity to take on to be Mm -hmm. a dad at home. And also the people who you were touring with that it's very, you know, they had to be really serious and not, I mean, maybe I don't need to keep saying serious, but just like, Mm -hmm. you know, serious about their craft and serious about uh, making things happen and, you know, touring enough that when you do the goodbye tour, people are like, psyched that you're doing a tour um so um i guess also with this question like i'm i feel like i don't have very much information (laughs) Mm -hmm. about like their situation in terms of how to recover with this specific person who they self-sabotaged with Mm -hmm. um because also if the other person is like with someone else now and like they might not want to be friends with someone that they previously were with like i don't know if i can give any insight on like how actually they can recover from it yeah because i don't know like are they not with this person because they were they felt like the rug was pulled out from under them when the person when the writer decided not to be with them or are there mm-hmm. just any number of reasons why they don't want to be with this person. Right. 
endless. There's some, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they have a lens on some of it. Right. Right. So I guess that's maybe why I was like, this could be a cool song just for the con the conversation about self-sabotage and like trying to figure your way through it. And I guess one thing that you said that I thought could be applicable to this person is like having mentors and relationships with people that are like holding you accountable and maybe letting you into an outside lens of how your actions seem Mm -hmm. like if you have patterns or if um you know maybe you're telling them about your life and so then they know more about why you are like maybe they can see things that you can't see yeah in terms of like oh because of your childhood or because of this traumatic experience now you are feeling scared of being serious or um something like that yeah i think another thing that i see in this question is that this person who wrote wrote this question um clearly is a thinker like a thinker and a feeler right like they're they're probably the self-sabotaging can come i would imagine some of that is coming from like rumination and just being like like they 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 these people this person probably was really good for me but i got like i wasn't ready for this and now like what do like what do i do to try to get this back like holy mackerel is this an entrance point into songwriting <laughs> i was like i was like this is Maybe just honor, like, what a gift. I have, like, if they are a songwriter, maybe. <laughs> you're like, what a gift that I've just been going through this. I'm not going to get that person back. I'm going to keep going on in my life, and there's going to be other things. But my gosh, maybe I can get 10 songs out of this if I, like, really <laughs> lean into, like, exploring this feeling through. Uh... I mean, that's one of the great things about what I think how we or poets or authors, other you know, how we can have experiences that the more we feel into them, um, the more we can learn from them, but also like that's the access point to some of that creative energy um, is like truly like leaning in and feeling into it. Um, mm-hmm. And if they're not creators in that kind of same kind of way, there's plenty of songs to listen to that will get you there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that aren't as upbeat as or as um, <laughs> hopefully ending as mine. But just listen to the first verse of mine and then just turn it off like that. Just leave that first verse and then you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing I wanted to say was like, in terms of the like ruminating on this and like really try, like if this person's really stuck in their head about it, like the person might be good for them, but also maybe they weren't. Like maybe there's like an element of like, hindsight makes you forget about bad things yeah so just to say like for the letter writer that this probably is not the only opportunity that you will have to be with someone who's good for you yeah and like to just try to keep a a clear head about it yep and be like um and I, i think that that's where other people can help come in and fill in you know, your blind side, your blind side, whatever that word is, blind Blind spots. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, spots. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan too of um, the idea of trusting your 
trusting your former self, even if you don't understand what your former self was doing, like it seems like this person was like, I wasn't ready for this. It felt too serious or like in the moment, like this, this stuff scared me away. Like maybe rather than like self-flagellating about like, Oh man, I just got in my own way again. It's like, all right, what, what is the, why, <laughs> why did this not feel like it was right at the time? Was it like, is there something else that was like put, uh, pulling at your energy or, um, or was it really not the right relationship, but you want it to be? And there's so many things that, that align. But more probably, there's something else that's a part of the whole ecosystem of, of your former self living in that moment that didn't allow you to, to connect into that relationship at that time. And maybe it fits better now. And unfortunately, that, that isn't lining up. But to spend too much time uh, continuing to beat ourselves up for something that we felt before I feel like is can be like a really toxic place to mm-hmm. to land too long like something was happening then that made me feel this way I might not have understood it but what if I tried to understand it now instead of just beating myself up for why it didn't work um yeah oh gosh I think that's a really really good point like I don't have anything to add. I just was like, that's the quote. That's the whole podcast. (laughs) That's the podcast. (laughs) Trust your previous self. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Nice. I I think that that might be a good place to leave. Yeah. To end things. Um, Me too. Mic drop moment. (laughs) Thank you for um, sharing so much of yourself on this. I realized I was asking some very personal pointed questions. So, I just appreciate you being here for it and um, sharing your music and your life stories with us. It's an honor. <laughs> yep, not just the pleasantry of the of saying that. Like it truly is. I was glad to do this and um, to talk about these things. And um, yeah, so appreciate your contributions towards our community. And super glad to be able to be in conversation even though it's being documented. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. so for people that want to know more about you or hear more about you or things like that, and I don't know if you wanting to plug music or if you're wanting to plug like leadership, com- creativity, conference, like do, yeah, do you have anything it. that you want to plug? <laughs> um, yeah, just plug. No. Not, not anything in particular. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I do feel like music fits in the most to what, um, like a, a public persona aspect of what I'm doing. Like I, um, I'm fortunate that I get a lot of great work working with organizations and groups. Um, but where when I'm, when I'm out there and trying to draw, um, not attention but like make myself known, it's most often in a, in the music realm. So, yeah. Super appreciate um, <laughs> that opportunity. And then Connor Garvey is becoming a more common name in the world, but I'm still the one that pops up on Google. So if uh, okay. if you type that in... it Are you Con- ConnorGarvey.com? Unfortunately, no. So <laughs> ConnorGarvey.com is a computer programmer who like made like a really nice app for Android-based things, and he's not giving it up. Not okay. giving it up. So I'm ConnorGarveySongs.com. Okay. And um, and that's me. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dear Balladeer podcast. We have an accompanying playlist that is linked in our Instagram bio. So if you want to hear more songs about self-sabotage, go on over there, check it out. If you want to become a supporting member of this podcast, you can go over to Patreon and go to the Patreon for me, Sadie Gustafson Zook, and that is patreon.com slash sadiebgz. And each member of that Patreon page receives an extended version of each podcast that comes out, where we have more conversations with the musicians, we hear more about their artistic side, their writing process, things like that. So if you're interested in that, head on over to patreon.com slash sadiebgz and become a member.